Thanks for being a part of the Fearless Army. Drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and when you do, ask me a question in the comments. Each week, we'll compile your best questions and answer them on air. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I'm Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Tuesday. Great show. Awesome show planned for you today. It's going to be you and me. You and me. Me and you. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to start out with you pounding the like button if you're watching over YouTube. We're going to start out with you making sure you're hitting the subscribe button, making sure you're hitting the notifications button. We need you to get involved in helping me fight the algorithms that are programmed against me, this content, and this show. If you're listening over Apple, I need you to get involved by hitting that five-star review. We've been spammed with a bunch of one-star reviews. They've reduced the rating of this show from a 4.9 to a 4.8. People didn't like my take and my position on some issues last week, and so I got spammed. I need you to spam them back. It's a small, tiny thing you can do to help me fight the algorithms against a raid against us over Apple. Hit the five-star review. And then, so I need 100 people to stop what you're doing right now and hit that five-star review. Need 100 people to do that. And then I need 20 people, maybe 30, to on Apple to write a review of the show. The reviews and the, the five-star reviews are how we fight the algorithm. I need you guys to do that right now over Apple. Thank you so much. Those of you on YouTube, don't forget your assignment. Hit that like, subscribe, uh, leave a comment, hop in the chat. You'll see me there in the chat uh, responding to you guys. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, and so after that, I got to tell you guys about just a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about the pro-Hamas, pro-Palestine, uh, anti-Israel protests going on around the country. And so we'll get into that in a fire starter or a day-long, night-long uh, discussion here that we're going to address. It's going to be good. It's going to be powerful. I'm going to tie a lot of our themes that I discuss on this show all together so you can understand what's going on in the world. Before I do any of that, <clears throat> I want to talk to you about one of our greatest inspirations on this show, and that is our friends over at Preborn. You guys know, according to a recent study, hundreds of post-abortive women, 60% of them, reported that they would have preferred to give birth if they had received more support from others or had more financial security. And that's where Preborn steps up and steps in. Preborn is there for women in their darkest hour deciding between life and death of their precious child inside the womb. You see, the reality is women are being pressured to make this fatal decision and are being told that their babies are just a clump of cells. Preborn disputes that and proves them wrong. They provide women ultrasounds. They introduce that life growing inside of that woman to the woman with an ultrasound, heartbeat, image of the baby, when that woman sees, hears that heartbeat, sees that baby, 
she is more than twice as likely to choose life. Your donation of $28 pays for an ultrasound. Your donation of $28,000 pays for a lot of ultrasounds and then also pays for uh, preborn to support that woman after the baby is born into this world. Baby leaves the womb, comes out into this world, preborn steps in and makes sure that woman has what she needs the first two years of that baby's life. That's why we regularly give to preborn. You can sign up for a monthly, you can do a one-time donation, whether you give $5 or $5 million, $50 or $5,000, $500 or $500, whatever it is, it all goes towards a great cause. You guys have seen me bring Dan Steiner onto this show. He founded Preborn. We know exactly where our money goes. We know that our money isn't funneled to some mid-level executive so they can have six-figure salaries and get a second vacation home. The money we donate supports these women. It pays for ultrasounds. It pays for the aftercare, afterbirth. Guys, two ways to give. You know the two ways. Pound 250, say the keyword baby. Pound 250, say the keyword baby. Or visit preborn.com slash fearless. Preborn.com slash fearless. We are fearless soldiers. This is a part of our mission, supporting preborn. When you do, send me an email at fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. Love to get those emails. It inspires me, keeps me fired up to do this show every day and deliver the kind of great content uh, that I'm going to deliver you starting right now. Uh, okay, so here's where I want to start. I want to show you uh, a collection of videos of all of this um, protest and demonstrations out in the streets, on college campuses, everywhere. All of this pro-Palestine protest all over the country. It's in academia. It's everywhere. I want to show you what's going on in this country because I'm, I'm sure you're sitting there, if, if you're over 30, in your 40s, in your 50s like me, you're like, wow, what is going on? This looks different. I don't remember this many people in America being anti-Israel and pro-Palestine. What happened? So let's, I just want to give you guys a taste, show you what's going on across the country. Play the video. Because if Allah, the Almighty, is with us, it does not matter who is against us. Dallas, Texas. Texas, Dallas, Texas. Look at that. That's incredible. LA, what do you expect? What are you going to do? LA, no surprise there. 
plays the third world. So glad I escaped. New York, United Nations building. What are you gonna do? That's what I expect to see that. Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I'm not expecting that. Washington, D.C., third world country. I'm sure all those people will be treated better than January 6th. Chicago, nut job place. Jesse Smollett's hometown. Got that left wing there, Brandon Johnson. Harvard University, no shock there. That's, that's Harvard, that's Ivy League. That, that's, that's headquarters for this kind of stuff. Orlando, Florida, Disney World, home of Disney World. I guess Bob Iger and Disney shouldn't be surprised. There you go. Is that we Madison, Wisconsin? Yeah, Madison was college town. By any means necessary. Did you hear those chants? And so that's America. I, I want to give you another little taste of America and where we have moved in academia and, and what the mood, the temperature, the, the vibe, the feeling, the kind of people that are being hired on these college campuses. Here's a professor at Cornell University talking about how ex exhilarated he felt uh, with Hamas attacking Israel. It was exhilarating. It was exhilarating. It was energizing. If they weren't exhilarated no, wait a by this, this challenge to the monopoly of violence, by this shifting of the balance of power, then they would not be human. I was exhilarated. Exhilarating, energizing. This is a real pivot in American culture and the American zeitgeist. Uh, this is a real turning point, inflection point. A, a, and, and we should all be sitting around like, how did we get here? How, how did America, and, and just remember, and this isn't me, uh, caping up for everything that Israel does and or has done. But, but it is like a stark contrast in terms of our thinking, our worldview on the conflict in the Middle East as it relates to Palestine and Israel has changed here in America. And I'm sure there are leftists watching and say, it's changed for the better. People are finally speaking up for Palestine. But Many of you are disconcerted by this, many, particularly those of you with a biblical worldview, and it's not that uh, we have um, uh, abandoned our support for Israeli Jews, but, and it's not that I'm endorsing Benjamin Netanyahu and the Israeli government, but the level of anti-Jew sentiment that is pervasive across America and across these college campuses. We need to examine how did we get here? And this isn't me because I hear a lot of calls. Anytime you say anything against Jewish people, you're labeled an anti-Semite. 
I've been labeled an anti-Semite. Charlie Kirk uh, has been labeled a, an anti-Semite. The, the, the whole anti-Semite accusation is, is similar to the whole anti-black racism accusation. Everything's racist, everything's anti-Semitic. That's not, I, I, I wanna be careful here in how I unpack this and what my position is. But this whole little far left movement and this whole little animosity towards the nation of Israel, the state of Israel, and really Jewish people, it's been a long time coming. And people are asking themselves, how did we get here? And people that watch this show ask me all the time, or critics of this show, man, you talk a lot about idolatry and you talk a lot about racism. And that's what this show today is about. It, it, it's working on a theme or revisiting the theme that I talk about constantly on this show because I'm trying to get you to understand how they're using racism. And I'm gonna make an analogy today that racism and the accusation of racism, it's like a cable bundle. And so I'm calling this the racism bundle. And so it's like when you were a hardcore sports fan and, and you had to have ESPN, they would sell you a cable package that, well, I've gotta take all these other channels in order for me to get ESPN. So I'll take all these other channels because uh, ESPN is that important to me. Having this sports coverage is that important to me. So I'll take the Lifetime Network. I'll take the Discovery Network. I'll take National Geographic. I'll take whatever they toss into that bundle so that I can have ESPN. That's what we've done with racism. For for, we have sold for 60 years that if you want to be anti-racism, there's all this other stuff that goes along with it that you must also adopt as a core value. And that's why I constantly talk about racial idolatry on this show. And that's why I'm very critical when I see high profile athletes or celebrities or whatever playing the race card because this racism thing is the new religion and there's all kinds of things that go along with the racism bundle. And so you have people afraid that they can lose their job if they're accused of being racist. They're eliminated from being leaders in their corporate structure, in their business structure, if they're accused of being racist. Their social circles get shrunk if they're accused of being racist. And so we have all these people that are like, what can I do to avoid being called racist? Oh, I'll join the Democratic Party. I'll do this, I'll do that. And I'm about to unpack all these different things that go along with the racism bundle. And, and, and so when you have social media, and, and say you're someone like me, because this is how they use the racism bundle or the racist trope against someone like me. If you're not on board with the victimization, black people are oppressed, everything's about racism, everything can be explained through racism, 
then if you're black like me, you're called a sellout. You're called an Uncle Tom. And if you're a, a public person, a public um, in the media, an influencer or whatever, your social media channels will get spammed with people leaving comments that you're a sellout, you're a coon, you're an Uncle Tom, you hate black people. No one wants to go through that. No one wants their social media feeds spammed with that type of filth and that type of smear campaign because it can damage you career-wise. It, it, executives and other weak people look at that and go, oh my God, everybody black hates Jason Whitlock. We gotta get rid of him. He's not as valuable and whoever, you know, and so that's for a black person. For a white person, it's perhaps even a bit more dangerous. If you're framed as a racist, and you start getting spammed and your Twitter feed is loaded up with people calling you racist, you're eliminated from virtually all corporate media jobs. You're eliminated from polite social circles. People wanna distance themselves from you because they don't, oh my God, I'm friends with that person and everyone calls him a racist. And so if I'm associated with him, then I look like a racist. And then when you throw in the fact that in the media, we have added all of these women to these high-level leadership positions, these high-level media positions, and then when you think about how, and I'm not saying this as a negative, I'm just saying it as a fact, women's skin isn't as thick as men's skin. Women love to avoid public criticism. I mean, they wake up, men do it too, but the level that women will go to, that's why so many women in the media, from Mina Kimes to other people, they put together these videos, oh, listen to these mean tweets that got sent to me, this, is, this must stop, we must do everything, I'm getting mean tweets, oh, this is what women have to go through. And, and, I know I'm calling out women, but there's a lot of guys, the exact same mentality. They don't whine about it publicly the way women do, but what they do is build a life and a career and take all kinds of positions to avoid being called racist. So they will avoid the truth in order to avoid being called racist. And so I'll give you an example. Let's say there's some movement that starts that says police are randomly killing black men, unarmed black men, all across the country, and it's a pandemic. White people, in order to avoid being labeled as racist, and black people, in order to avoid being called a sellout, will say, yeah, the police are just killing black people. Every time I turn around, it's like LeBron James said, you can't even go outside if you black. The police will kill you. It's like Serena Williams said, oh, she was so worried about her nephews. If they get a driver's license and get pulled over, the police are likely to kill them. Yeah. Now, that's all fantasy world. It's all it can't be factually proven. In fact, all the facts say just the opposite. 
that there's a better chance of getting struck by lightning than to be randomly killed by police while an unarmed man doing nothing. But because of this fear of being labeled a racist, we all play the game, we all go along with the lie, and we all pretend like, oh man, the police is just dropping bodies. They're worse than the bloods and the crips. They just out dropping bodies everywhere. Thousands of black men killed virtually every day. People hold conversations. I listened to someone go on TV that said they won't let their son drive out of fear, and they make him take Uber out of fear that he'll be killed by police. That's how strong this racism gimmick and, and stick they have going is. And so when you accept racism and, and, and that narrative of, oh, black people are oppressed and uh, white supremacy is the biggest plague in America, and, and, and now, once you accept that, there's all these other things that you also must accept to remain in good standing within the racism bundle. You have to take on all these other positions. And so before I get break down all these other things that you have to accept along with the racism bundle, I want to show you, I just want to highlight a video I saw yesterday of, <laughs> of a woman of color. She looks Middle Eastern or Latino, and she's sitting out with a group of white women, and I think she's flanked by a black woman. And, and, and again, th this is how, when you invite women into these conversations and, and, and their leaders in this conversation, this is the type of fantasy and delusion you can run off into because I'm women don't like to be criticized. They don't like to be smeared unfair. No one does. But for women, it's like the worst reputational harm, and they will adopt any position to avoid being labeled a racist or something bad. But watch this woman, watch these women talk about racism and, and, and it should, and again, some of this is so obvious you already know it, but, but I just want to show you how it plays out in real life. Play the clip. You, actually, Margaret, you didn't say yours. What? Your racist thing, thing that you've done. Thought about or I done. You have yeah. something inside of you that's not quite, like, that's racist. So you must have, you must have examples in your own life. Well, I also work in environmental engineering. I have absolutely no people of color or minimal people of color, possibly the exclusion being slightly Hispanic. No. I mean, Sayura doesn't like, like her attitude. <laughs> I can say a racist thing you've done because it just happened. When you just talked to me the way you just did, this is how white women talk to us all the time. These are microaggressions. Mm -hmm. When I say the exact same thing to my white girlfriend who says the same exact thing. I don't care if you talk to everybody like that. Okay. Right? The way you just spoke to me was 
straight up white supremacy. You actually just answered with racism. White supremacy is said to be hidden in innocuous phrases and banal behavior. The smallest things could be considered racist. It's enough that a person from a minority group feels insulted. Absolutely. Sounding terribly white. I don't know that I was all that racist to start with, but I also would be more aware or hyper aware of my thoughts or reactions to circumstances that would be racist. You see, you guys remember during the COVID pandemic, and I can't remember the doctor's name, maybe it was, is it Robert Malone that talked about a mass psychosis, a formation, a mass psychosis formation. And, and there's a mental game, a, a uh, a brainwashing and a mental manipulation going on. And their racism is at the heart of it. And so a woman sits across from another woman and says, hey man, this is the way I talk to everybody. This is the way I talk to white people. But she gets convinced through peer pressure and, and through the delusion of women. And, and, and literally, I mean, there's no men involved in this conversation. I think this documentary is called Deconstructing Karen or whatever. There's no men in this conversation. It's just a group of women chatting and, and they're deciding things and, and, and they, they now have positions in corporate America. They're now leaders in, in this area and that area and they've been put on platforms to host television shows and to lead a discussion about what's going on in America. And this is all good in their mind. I'm telling you it's not, because just how that woman got talked into believing that she's racist and she did something racist and that she, because she doesn't really believe that, but because either her husband isn't there or she doesn't have a husband or her husband isn't grounded in biblical truth, there's no one there to tell this woman, that woman's crazy and a nut, she's satanic and evil, we're getting the F up out of here and away from all of these crazy people. None of what this woman just said is biblically sound. We're not going to sit here and lie to her or anyone else to make her happy. Baby, get your stuff and we getting up the hell up out of here. That's what should have happened. But you got a group of uncovered women either away from their husbands that's been gassed up by another group of idiots that, baby girl, we got this, and we don't need a man, and, and, and we know what's best, and if the world would just become more like women, if things got more feminine, if everybody got in touch with their emotions, oh, the world would just be a better place and there would be peace everywhere. None of that is true, but that's what they've been gassed up. That either they have no men, or the men in their lives are weak, and detached from biblical truth, and no one corrects them. But you got a lot of women running around just like that, getting bullied and getting brainwashed. And then they take that mentality and they avoid men who, who come at things from a biblical perspective and point of view. And then they in order to keep peace at home, men are compromising with delusional women like that. And so, well, I'll just be quiet and I won't say what I really think about that.
because I need peace in my house and I just got to go to my job and she's got to go to her job and we got to raise these kids and I just don't want the trouble. It's too big of a headache and she's all upset and she doesn't want to be called racist and she doesn't want me to be called racist and she doesn't want Johnny, our son, at school to be called racist. So baby, let's just compromise. Let's just go along with the lies. That's what's going on in America. And then we're sending our kids off to these academic institutions that after we've seasoned them up and made them weak, they put them in the oven, they put them in the microwave and finish the job of brainwashing them and getting them to Whatever I do, whatever I can do to avoid being called racist, whatever I can do to be, avoid being called an Uncle Tom or a sellout, I'm willing to do. And then that's when they come in, the leftists come in. I got a package for you. I got the racism bundle that I need to sell you and I need you to get on board with. And it's all these other things that I'm going to explain, but before I get into detail explaining, I want to take care of one more of our great sponsors, uh, Patriot Mobile. You guys know I made the switch to Patriot Mobile. Uh, Patriot Mobile is awesome for 10 years. Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Glenn and his team have been great supporters of this show, which is why I am proud to partner with them. Patriot Mobile offers Dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our military leaders, veterans, and first responders. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your phone, keep your number. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Jason or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Jason. Ask about their coverage guarantee while you're there. Get the same dependable service and take a stand for your values. Make the switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Jason or call 972-PATRIOT. When we come back, I'm going to break down what's in the racism bundle. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to explain the full bundle next. It's my obligation to hate discrimination, raising up your hands for freedom. As an American citizen, previously on Fearless. And so I get and understand the people who visit Israel have family in Israel, have been directly impacted by the events that have transpired in Israel. I get their emotion and I get their outrage. I'm not critical of it. But as an American citizen whose tax dollars and whose safety may depend on how things are handled in Israel, I have a right to talk about what's in the best interest of America and American citizens and why I get to explain why many of us here in America 
or say, whoa, let's think about this for a second. Let's let's pump the brakes. I, I understand the people directly involved and directly impacted. But when they flew those planes into the World Trade Center tower, I saw us as America that was directly impacted. I saw our emotions used against us and used to justify invasions in Afghanistan, invasions in Iraq, and a war that went on for 20 years. All right, welcome back. Uh, I want to unpack for you what's inside the racism bundle. And, and again, racism and this whole narrative of, of black people being victims of white supremacy nonstop here in America. White supremacy explains everything. And everybody building their lives, their public lives, their public personas around, hey, I'm not racist and doing everything they can to avoid being called racist. And so then, here's the things that they then get you to accept along with that narrative. LGBTQ, the alphabet mafia. This is how you have been forced to get on board with the LGBTQ and the alphabet mafia. And this is why everywhere you turn, black people, are partnered with the Alphabet Mafia. Everywhere you turn. LGBTQ, black people, the peanut butter and jelly. Their oppression is like your oppression. They get you to buy into the oppression narrative and oh my God, we must join hands and fight together against the oppression, the common oppression between gay people and black people. This is what your racial idolatry partners you with. When you buy into that narrative that, oh, man, it's so hard being black. And every time I get up, there's a mysterious white man throwing banana peels everywhere I walk. And so you accept that. And then they say, OK, well, this is part of our bundle, LGBTQ. You're now partnered with them. You're now partnered with Feminism. And so you, black man, Christian black man, alpha black man, heterosexual black man, white man that wants to avoid being called racist, you're now partnered with the feminist movement. That's part of your bundle. That comes along with the avoidance of being called racist. Now, you must now believe that the patriarchy is evil and that as a man, I have to get down on my knees every single day and say, oh, baby girl, I'm so sorry for what we did to you in the 1700s. Oh, I know you wanted to be out there working that plow with me farming, but I was this sexist man. And I didn't allow you to enter the workforce and get out in those fields and hunt and kill animals and work that plow the way that I did. It was my sexism that made you stay in the house and do chores in the house. Oh, I know that work inside the house was hard. I know we didn't have sweepers and 
all the other uh, technological advances we have now, but oh, I know you wanted to be out there with me, fighting Indians, hunting, hunting to eat. I know you want to be out there plowing fields. You want to do everything. You want to be just like me. You wanted to be a man. And I stopped you in the 17 and 1800s. I apologize. And you know what? I'm going to hand you my balls and you keep them in a jar and you carry them anywhere you want because I'm so sorry. I'm a man. I'm not a leader. Happy wife, happy life. I've bought it all. I'm a man. I'm evil. I did all the Bible. It's wrong. Eve, she was the one that God wanted to have dominion over the earth. Bible's dead wrong. You've bought it all. You bought the whole feminist narrative. You are now partnered with every ugly, angry woman who's mad about her life. That's your partner. That comes along with the racism bundle. Where we started today, when you go look out at this pro-Palestine movement and pro-Hamas and people celebrating what Hamas did to Israeli women and children, that's part of the racism bundle. You're pro-Palestine now because Palestine is oppressed just like black people in America. It's all the same. They hook you in with racism and then they start feeding you all of these other things. Drag queens. Now, I know I'm circling back to the alphabet mafia, but it's all the same because you've bought that bundle. Now, you know what? Why is everybody upset that drag queens are, are jiggling their batting balls in front of little kids? Drag queens are good. Mind your own business. Why does it bother you? They want to bring drag queens to the library and read to your kids. You got to be in support of that. That's diversity. What are you racist? Are you drag queen phobic? You, 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 th <laughs> you think this is an a la carte situation. No, I just want the racism narrative. That works for me. I, I can use that to advance my career. And hey, oh, this is what black people think. I can use that to advance my career and I can threaten my bosses and coworkers with it. The racism thing works for me. This is a la carte. It's not a la carte. There's all these other things that come along with it that you have to support. That's why when you go look at the black church and the way it's moving on same sex marriage and all the other alphabet mafia agendas. That's because you've accepted the racism bundle and everything that goes along with it. All the other lies that go along with it. You now have to accept and promote. Same thing going on in the white church. You've bought the lie of the racism bundle. 
And now you have to hop on board with drag queens. You have to hop on board with the LGBTQ. You can't take a stand for truth because they got you to buy the original lie. They got you to adopt the racism deal and the entire bundle. That's what comes along with it. Black Lives Matter. That's part of the racism bundle. Three black lesbians start a hashtag that talks about they want to destroy the nuclear family and you hopped on board with it. And when people like me were like, hey man, this whole Black Lives Matter, it's a scam. Have you looked at their website? Have you looked what they're about? They don't care nothing about no black men. This is a group of lesbians talking about destroying the nuclear family. But you had to hop on board with it. And, and they never hid anything. You can't plead ignorance. This is your racial idolatry. They didn't hide it. Patrice Cullors, have you looked at Black Lives Matter and their support of Palestine? This is from the get-go. I think we got a video from 2015, Patrice Cullors talking about from the get-go. This is about pro-Palestine. This ain't have nothing to do with George Floyd, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, any of them. This thing was rigged from the start. And they've used this racism argument to hook you in to all kinds of other garbage. Play the clip of Patrice Cullors. I believe this is 2015. Ain't never hide what they were about. The other thing I'll say is Palestine is our generation in South Africa. And if, if, if we don't step up uh, boldly and courageously to end the, the imperialist project that's called Israel, um, we're doomed. And I think that uh, I had learned about Palestine for a long time. I had known about it, been wanting to travel, and I was really, really grateful when the Dream Defenders um, asked me to come on the delegation. Uh, but nothing would have prepared me for the level of milit militarization and the, mil uh, and the level of violence that we would witness those 10 days inside of Palestine. Um, nothing would have prepared me for uh, the ways in which um, we witness people's terror. Uh, people live in terror on a daily basis. And um, nothing would have prepared me for how much clarity I would have on, on why we have to be a part of um, uh, Palestinian solidarity. They've never hidden what they were doing. The only reason why you couldn't see it, the only reason why you didn't direct, uh, you didn't object to Black Lives Matter off the jump was because of your racial idolatry. Oh, black people, we're special. We're a different group. We must affirm that Black Lives Matter, if not you're racist or you're a sellout. What, what type of Christian would be offended by the statement that all lives matter. What type of real Christian would want to separate himself from the rest of humanity and say, oh, we're special. And so we must have Black Lives Matter. 
and we're offended. It's racist if you say all lives matter. This is what Christians were doing and saying. White and black, alleged Christians. You hopped on board with Black Lives Matter. Anybody that pointed out like, hey man, this is demonic. Oh, that person's an Uncle Tom and a sellout, or they're a white supremacist, or they're the face of white supremacy. You bought the bundle and everything that goes along with it, including Antifa. Antifa, that group of angry, white, militant, sexually gender-confused people that go around terrorizing major cities in black armored gear. Terrorizing. You bought that too. That was part of the racism bundle. You're partnered with them. This is, I didn't list these in any particular order, but I mean, this is probably the worst one. Your allegiance to racial idolatry, your, your unwillingness to acknowledge, like, hey man, America had a really, really bad racial problem that it addressed during the Civil War, it addressed during the Civil Rights Movement, and we took the laws off the books that racially discriminate against people. We've done all we can do as a country. Now, let's enforce these laws. Let's keep the bad laws off the books. That's all we can do. The rest has to be worked out among human beings, and it's a spiritual deal. But you keep buying and selling, and you've been convinced all white people and any interaction, any engagement you have with white people that does not go your way. Well, that's racism. Well, that mentality, buying into that, also partners you with Planned Parenthood and abortion. You have to sell that as well. You have to accept that, that the murder of 30 million black babies in the womb that's in your best interest. That's progress. That's justice. You have to have abortion rights and baby, baby killing affirming health care. That has to be a part of your entire worldview and package to be in good standing with the people that control the racial narrative. You have to hop on board with the abortion movement and Planned Parenthood and eugenics and the elimination and destruction of babies in the womb. This is what your racial idolatry has wrought. Obviously, you got to be on board with the Democrat Party. You can't have any other political identity. If you vote any other thing other than Democrat, you're a racist or you're an Uncle Tom and a sellout. So you got to get on board with the party that is emasculating men, that is installing this matriarchal 
culture. You have to get on board with all of that. You got to get on board. Yeah, there are diversity, equity, and inclusion. The destruction of merit is what diversity, equity, and inclusion is about. It's about the destruction of merit. And so now the work you put in at your job, it doesn't really matter. It's do you fit a certain profile? Do, do, do you advance the narrative of diversity? So if you're a black Christian heterosexual man, you're not in favor, you're not in favor in your corporate structure and you know it. You know they want you to be gay. You know that if you bend over and let someone enter you, you'll move up that corporate ladder. You know it. If you're out in Hollywood or on TV, if you let them make you up the way they made up Shannon Sharp yesterday on his show, you're in good standing. You let them put a dress and a wig on you, you're in good standing. If you're Billy Porter or any of these other alphabet mafia soldiers, you're in good standing. That's all part of the racial narrative, all part of the racial bundle. Climate change. You have to believe that man can destroy the planet that God constructed. You have to believe that climate change is the greatest threat to humanity in all the world. And I'm, many of you are sitting, oh, what do you mean, Jesse? You don't believe in climate change? No, I don't. I've read too many newspaper articles from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Oh, if this isn't corrected in 20 years, uh, the world's going to freeze over and California is going to fall apart from the U.S. Or, or whatever. The ice age is coming. They've been saying the same stuff to scare you, fear mongering, to get you to do certain things. I don't have to believe in all of this stuff that, that they're selling me because I don't believe in racial idolatry and I'm not getting on board with their bogus lies. I'm free to think whatever I want. You have to accept government as your God. You have to think your solutions come from the government, not God. The Bible is crystal clear. God wants you to depend on one thing for your salvation prosperity, everything. They, he wants you to depend on him. But when you buy this whole racial deal, it ain't about God. It's about the government. Is the government going to protect me? Is the government going to provide for me? Is the government going to make me happy? Or are they going to equalize everything so I don't have to work hard and, and they'll give me a handout and I'll be taken care of? They're going to feed me. They're going to tell me when to put a mask on. They're going to tell me when to inject a vaccine. They're going to, the government is God. It's the most important thing. And I will defend the government at every turn. 
and I will look to the government for my salvation and my sustenance. I will look to the government for everything. That's what you've bought into. Oh, I know. You think you haven't. But all of your actions say otherwise. It's crystal clear to anybody with an objective view. You have to hop on board with globalism. That's that's all part of the bundle that they sell you. Globalism. You're not a citizen of the United States of America. You weren't blessed to be born into the most prosperous, the most opportunity rich, the safest environment for black people on the planet. You're not grateful for that. You're a global citizen. Now, you can't take an Uber 20 minutes outside of your neighborhood, but somehow you're a global citizen because Barack Obama's a global citizen. And LeBron James, he travels here and there. I'm a global citizen. I have no respect for my citizenship in the greatest country in the history of the world. I'd rather be a global citizen. I'd rather have open borders. I'd rather think, oh, immigration and diversity is our strength, not shared values, not people that believe in the same God as me. That's not our strength. It's diversity. And it's we are the world. And boy, if we could just lock hands with the people in Africa and the people in uh, uh it, France, Italy, wherever. If we could just lock arms, lock hands with them. Oh, we are the world. We are the children. Oh, this is so much better. I'm a global citizen. And the, the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, they got it all figured out for me. And America is terrible. And it's somehow, whatever we can do to destroy the founding principles that define this country and built this country, we can just destroy them. Oh God, you have no idea how happy. That's deliverance, that's the promised land. You have to hop on board with idolatry. That's, that's the main thing about racial idol about the ra the racial bundle the racism bundle you have to buy into racial idolatry you have to think that the most important thing about you is the color of your skin you have to think that your brothers your friend group your family, your everything is connected to your skin color. That's your community, the people the same color as you. You have to place supporting your skin color above supporting the values and principles taught in the Bible. So if you see Jason Whitlock, on Fearless, saying like, hey, Deion Sanders 
has no humility. And the Bible says humility is the fruit of the spirit and that people with humility will be rewarded and that arrogance and boastfulness and a lack of humility are evil things that God doesn't like. You have to go, well, hold on. Oh, Dion's black and he's popular. Oh, Jason is saying that. He's pointing out Dion's flaws. He must hate Dion and he must hate all black people. And I must support Dion. Where if you saw a white kid, Johnny Manziel, for instance, doing the exact same thing as Dion's son, flaunting his wealth, being a jerk, being boastful, being in your face, being cocky. If he was Johnny Manziel and white, you can dislike that and criticize it. But since the kid is black, no, that's a good thing. And he's always been that way. That, that's, your, that's how racial idolatry works and how it moves you off your values. Things that you say you really believe in. Racial idolatry, again, when you accept the racism bundle. That's how you, you, you sit there and say, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm pro-abortion. I'm a Christian, but unfairness, discrimination against white people, yeah, they deserve that. They need to know what that feels like. Yeah, I, I, I'm a Christian, but, you know, women need to be in charge. And men need to take a step back. Yeah, I know what the Bible says about male leadership, but that ain't for me. That ain't what, really, what God really wanted. I'm a woman. I'm smarter. And I'm a man. And my woman is smarter than me. And I don't need to be the leader. I'm going to lay up here and let her take care of me. I'm a simp. This is what idolatry does. It makes you come up off your values. It pulls you away from God. I want <clears throat> to. Three forms of idolatry. This. <clears throat> and I, I think we have this on the screen. I, I want to talk a little bit about this. The forms of idolatry, fetishism or the worship of trees, rivers, hills, stones. Nature worship, the worship of the sun, moon, stars as powers of nature. And then hero worship, which I spend a lot of time talking about on this show. The worship of deceased ancestors or heroes. That, that's what we have going on here in America. Idolatry, particularly in that latest, that last form, the hero worship. The worship of deceased ancestors. Again, just think of... Everybody wants to talk about the ancestors and what they feel. And anytime, oh my God, someone brought out a whip. That reminds me of slavery and what my ancestors went through. And I just got to be in touch. I wanted the ancestors, the ancestors. And again, I'm not minimizing, demonizing the ancestors, but, but we've gone overboard. We care more about what happened in the past than we care about what's happening in the future. We're looking in the rearview mirror, not the windshield. We're not concerning ourselves with making sure we build a place that's better for our kids and young people coming up from behind us. We're trying to do everything that we can to make sure we honor our ancestors. And then we worship these heroes. 
And oh my God, and, and oh, nothing we worship more than a dead hero, Kobe Bryant, Tupac Shakur. My God, you say anything bad about Kobe Bryant, people want to kill you. You can say whatever you want about Jesus Christ. You say something about Kobe Bryant, people want to kill you and wipe you from the face of the earth. And oh my God, you can't have a job, can't do this, can't do that. Kobe's a cult hero. Tupac Shakur, he's a cult hero. Then we got all these living heroes that we worship. <laughs> and I'm going to get into them here in a second. But I, I looked up this morning, I was doing some research, and there was an evangelist in the Civil War area, era named D.L. Moody. Um, white guy, evangelist. Uh, during the Civil War, he met with Union soldiers and uh, ministered to them and uh, just a great leader during the 1800s. And he, he had a quote about idolatry. You don't have to go to the heathen lands today to find false gods. America is full of them. Whatever you love more than God is your idol. And so... <clears throat> What does whatever you love more than God is your idol? What does that mean? Because people are sitting there, well, I love Jesus more than I love Dion. Do you? I mean, that's easy to say. But in practice, what, what do you actually do? I mean, anybody. Dion this week, uh, after his game, used God's name in vain. He complained after losing again. Jesus, he complained. You ain't got nothing to say about that. Ah, it's just a mistake. He's angry. It's no big deal. But if I criticize Dion, you're gonna send me an angry email. You're gonna send. You're gonna hop on my Twitter page. You're gonna hop in the comments on this show. How dare you? Oh, get up off Dion. Blah 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 blah. You you putting on you buying Colorado gear with Dion's name on it and everywhere you go, you let everybody know, I love Dion, I love Colorado. When, when, when's the last time you'll wear that Colorado shirt and let everybody know you're a Colorado fan at work? At work, when's the last time you let everybody know you love Jesus? Have you have you worn a shirt? Jesus to work? I was like, ah, I better leave that at home. I don't want to get crossways with the people at work. But I'm going to let everybody know I love Dion. This thing with Jesus, that's separate. I saved that for Sunday. That's between me and my family. Yeah, so <clears throat> it's easy to say you love Jesus more than you love these idols. But You'll go out and buy a LeBron jersey. You'll go out and Cardi B, Beyonce, whatever. You'll spend all day defending them, getting major fights over Facebook or Twitter, defending them. But when it comes to your religion, ah, that's, that's for Sundays. Among my group of peers at church or whatever, that's private. So I, who, who do you really love? Because it will show up in your actions. It, 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 there will be, there's no shame. 
There's no hiding your love of Deion Sanders. You're in the chat right now letting me know. I love Deion. Get up off Deion. You'll go any and everywhere to defend Dion and get angry and emotional at anybody that criticizes Dion. Who do you love? And so Dion's not the only, because there's a whole little group of sports heroes that are all protected, and they all, their job is to go out and sell the racism bundle. LeBron James, Colin Kaepernick, Dion Sanders, Bubba Wallace, Heroes. They go out and sell racism. LeBron said, oh, God, it's so hard being black in America. Someone painted the N-word on my back gate, and it got cleaned up before the police got there, and there's no proof that it ever happened, but oh, God, it happened. Colin Kaepernick put a hot comb through his hair and grew an afro and raised a fist. And, oh, God, it's racism. That's why the NFL won't sign me. It's racism. I know white people saved my life, and... My, my black daddy, I never knew him, and my white mama gave me up for adoption, and these white people raised me, but I hate white people. I'm pro-black, and me and my Egyptian girlfriend, we're the blackest people in the planet. I know I'm only half black, and who knows, my daddy might be Middle Eastern, but I'm black, y'all. Look at my hair. Dion, oh, God, you know. My God. You know, Dion wins a game and all of white America is shaking in his boots. Oh, they, everybody's scared of Dion. He's walking his walk and talking his talk. And everybody's afraid of Dion because they don't, they're not comfortable with someone that looks like him. Meanwhile, James Franklin, the Penn State coach, who is black, is playing Ohio State this weekend for a chance to remain undefeated and in the playoff race. But no one cares about James Franklin. He's not the right kind of black. He hasn't played the race card. He hasn't sold racism as well as Dion. So we don't have that kind of love for him. He hasn't sold the racist bundle quite as effectively as Dion. Bubba Wallace, oh God, they hung a noose in my car garage. I know my daddy's white. I know my girlfriend's white. I know I sound white. I know all my friends are white, but boy, this racism is terrible. It's just terrible. I know this racism. White people are, they run my car team in NASCAR. Everybody here at NASCAR is white, but I can't stand these white people because they're so racist. They put a noose in my garage. You got media influencers. Out here selling the racism bundle. Joy, Rachel Maddow, Reed, Stephen A. Smith, Al Sharpton, Jamel Hill. <laughs> this, this, man, there's so much money to be made selling the racism bundle. Political figures, it goes without saying. Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Maxine Waters, Kamala Harris. The list goes on and on and on. Everybody is out selling the racism bundle and all the stuff that goes along with it, all the other stuff you have to support. And so if you look out and you're wondering, like, what's going on on these college campuses? What's going on across America? 
How did we get here to where everybody's out in the streets supporting Hamas and Palestine, celebrating the atrocities that were done by Hamas? They have used racism to sell all of these other leftist agendas, all these other evil agendas, by promising you, well, if you adopt all of these positions, no one can accuse you of being racist. No one can accuse you of being an Uncle Tom and a sellout. If you break the law, we will excuse it we will cape up for you. We will raise bail money for you if you sell the racism bundle and the entire bundle. You can then live a privileged life in America. And we're, we're selling. I didn't even mention, you know, it's just like the whole racism bundle is why uh, a group of rappers can run around and promote degeneracy, debauchery, materialism, sexual immorality. They can basically be pornographers, Larry Flint, Hustler Magazine type pornographers, but be some of the most respected people on the planet here in America. Because you gotta go along with that too. You gotta believe that hip hop is black culture and hip hop is good. Baby mama culture is good. Being drunk and high and stupid and ignorant, that's good. That's black culture. Don't complain about any of it. So <clears throat> I'm going to take a little break here. When we come back, I want to talk about Megyn Kelly and Candace Owens. They've been going back and forth over social media about how we should respond to the young people that are out in the streets, basically protesting and supporting Hamas and Palestine. They, they've got a little back and forth going on that I think is worthy of a discussion. I'm glad they're having it. Uh, I'll talk about it next. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no armed guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. I am just America, previously on Fearless.
I saw video of people out in Michigan with a with a pro Hamas rally. Did I not see that? And again, I'm looking at everything that I've been shown. I'm looking at it all. This is a recipe for disaster. So I get to talk about it and I'm going to talk about it. You'll have to cancel me. I'm America first. I'm not America second. I'm not America 1B or 1A. There's only one. I'm just America. There is no other country I'm concerned about. All right, welcome back. I want to read this uh, tweet from, I believe, Megyn Kelly. This started, uh, th this back and forth between her and Candace Owens. And it, it, it's, it's Megyn, I think it's her reaction to wh what we should do with these young people that are out doing these protests. Because we know that on the conservative side, that if you take certain positions, the left will cancel you forever. Anyway, she tweeted out, if they are not persuaded that murdering babies is wrong, there is no persuading them. We don't hire those who do the killing, and we don't hire those who applaud the killers while the savagery is underway. If you are open to hiring one of these lunatics, though, good to know. So that's her talking about people that were celebrating what Hamas did. They killed women, they killed babies, 1,300 Israelis died in this sneak attack or attack that, whatever, in this attack. And so Megan's arguing pretty passionately like, screw those kids. They got it wrong. They're supporting the wrong thing. That's her argument. Candace Owens jumped in, uh, and her and Candace are friends. Oh, stop it. This is incredibly disingenuous, Megan. You know that many of those students are not out there because they want babies to be murdered. College kids are stupid. I used to be radically pro-choice. Glad I didn't get put on a conservative blacklist for wanting babies murdered. As it turned out, I was just young and temporarily brainwashed from a public school education coupled with mainstreamed Hollywood lies and not because I legitimately wanted to see infants torn from their mother's wounds. Dr. Thomas Sowell used to be a radical socialist who ardently supported communism. Thankfully, he wasn't put on a conservative blacklist and accused of being a person who wanted worldwide suffering and starvation as socialism and communism bring. Students are young and experimenting. You are an adult woman who is advocating for their lives to be permanently pigeonholed because they have the wrong ideas which are likely being spoon-fed to them in their classrooms. <sighs> Megan Kelly then responded, okay, I look forward to seeing them intern on your show and your re-education of them. Me, I'll be hiring the ones who saw murdered grandmas and entire families burned to their homes and easily identified this as a terrorist attack they would never in a million years defend. Candace Owens then responded, I will again restate that is unlikely that the majority of the college kids were taking to the streets to explicitly cheer murdered babies. 
They instead believe they are fighting for some other righteous cause. While misguided, they are in need of education, not blacklist. I would also like to highlight your inherent pettiness and immaturity for tagging the Daily Wire. All right, th that's enough. That's two women going back and forth. I, I, I jumped in at some point and just, you know, like, because I'm a, everybody, I'm a huge Megyn Kelly fan. I like Candace Owens. Uh, I, I like them both. I, I, I like them both. And, and what I want Megan to understand is that as conservatives, as believers, we're going to have to wrestle with each other publicly without getting completely upset with each other and writing each other off. And so I want her and Candace to have this debate, you know, have it out respectfully without getting upset and mad at each other and going into corners and accusing each other of different things. We need to have this iron sharpening duel of ideas and debate amongst ourselves so that all of us can learn from it because I, I am a tiny bit confused and perplexed on what do we do with this lost generation of young people who have been, as Candace pointed out, brainwashed by an educational system that has been rigged to brainwash them. And this starts long before college. The entire public educational process, government ran educational process that the left has installed. You gotta remember, conservative people basically abandon public education. You know, conservative people, generally speaking, are about money. And they graduate from college thinking about what job can I take uh, to make the most money. And so take someone like me. And, and part of this is because I didn't have a political identity. I, I did not have a political identity when I was in college. I, in my view, I still don't have one, but I've been given one. But when I was in college, I wasn't thinking about, hey, what career can I choose that's going to make me the most money? I legitimately thought my career would top out at $70,000 a year. I remember a college professor that we had, Tendai Kumbula, I think he said he worked at the Philadelphia Inquirer and made a salary around $70,000. I can remember him telling me that in 1989 or 90, and I can remember sitting back in my chair going, oh my God, I can make $70,000 a year writing about sports? That's awesome. I, those were my thoughts. And so I went into this profession never thinking about attaining any level of wealth. Never crossed my mind. And so that's what leftists do all the time. They will choose careers that like, oh, I'm not going to make a lot of money, but you know, I'm going to enjoy this and I'm going to be giving back to kids. I'm not saying no conservatives do this, but in mass, we don't. That's not what conservatives do. They sit around, well, where can I make the most money? And so when it comes to being teachers, it's overly populated by leftists. When it comes to the media, it's overly populated by leftists. And so when it comes to college professors, overly populated by leftists. That's a choice 
we made, we handed over many of our critical institutions to the leftists. We didn't make the sacrifice necessary to hold on and to have a voice in these institutions that shape the minds of young people. So congratulations, you have a summer home in Florida. You have a, 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 a 4,000 square foot house when you really only need 2,500 square feet. Congratulations. But we have created an educational system and a media system that does not reflect our values, doesn't instill our values, doesn't represent our values. That's a choice we made out of greed, out of the idolatry of money. That's on us. And so, this is where I'm sympathetic or believe in Candace's position. These kids we're looking at out in the streets supporting Hamas, they're victims of the system that we created. And I know I just spent a bunch of time talking about avoiding the victim narrative, but damn it, facts are facts. We put our kids into an educational system that we abandoned. And, and, and these campuses have now been overrun with leftists, and now we've printed so much money and so many leftists invest their money in academia and in the brainwashing of the young people, they've run us off of college campuses. Take my good friend, John Schneider, who founded Papa John's Pizza. This man loved to spend money on college campuses. He gave money to Louisville. He gave money to the University of Kentucky. He gave you, uh, money to our shared alma mater, Ball State. Now, none of those schools will accept his money. Under the false pretense that he's some sort of racist, all of the schools gave back his money and now he's persona non grata at all of those schools. Take Ball State. Other than... And, and maybe even more than even Dave Letterman. Dave Letterman's given more money than me, obviously. But no one in the public arena has talked more about and shined more of a spotlight on Ball State University than me. Ball State does not like me. Ball State used to like me. Now things have become so politically partisan, Ball State does not like me. We got a new athletic director, and, and I, I don't want to air the guy, but literally, we get a new athletic director every three or four years. And I would say since maybe 1995, 96, every single athletic director at Ball State, one of the first things they do when they get the job is reach out to me. I haven't heard from our new athletic director. He's been on the job about six months. You know, we got a head football coach that's in some trouble. Normally speaking, I would hear from the athletic director. 
we, I, I'll tell you how bad it's gotten. And, and I, I want to be careful here. Our last athletic director was a female. And she was alternative lifestyle. Married, alternative lifestyle. Me and this woman got along wonderfully. Other than we had an athletic director named Bubba Cunningham that he's now at North Carolina. She's my favorite Ball State athletic director of all time. I, I didn't care or it wasn't my job to care about her personal life or even have an opinion on her personal life. All I cared about was she good and effective at her job. And all she seemed to care about was does Jason love Ball State? Will he give money and support the things that we're into? And on that basis, me and her got, I'm t I, I don't agree with her lifestyle, but I love her. Love her. Wish she was still our athletic director. We got a new athletic director. Again, things have moved so far politically. Haven't heard from him. Don't expect to hear from him. Uh, Ball State has very little interest of me uh, coming on their campus, engaging with their kids, uh, me and what I believe is persona non grata. That's what's going on on these college campuses. Someone with my views. I'm polarizing. And, and trust, they used to love football coaches, everybody, oh, Jason, come to campus, speak to our kids, speak to our kids, speak to our kids. Things have become so, because of social media and the way things are, have moved, i become so polarized. I'm persona non grata at Ball State. And I still love Ball State. Still love what it meant to me. But, but the campus has gone so far left that they've probably made a good decision because I don't know if I want to give money anymore to a university that is brainwashing kids into values that I think are unhealthy for them and are completely secular. But that's where I agree with Candace that we can't write these kids off. We can't put them on a blacklist. We can't act like leftists and eliminate these kids. We got to give them time to grow up and mature and evolve. Hopefully, They'll have kids and start a family, and then they'll start figuring out, like, man, this stuff they taught me in college, this stuff I believe, it doesn't work when you have kids. Hopefully that'll happen. Or they'll just evolve. But I, I just here's the other reason why, and, and I shared this over Twitter about myself, and I've shared this on this show many times, that when I was in college, you know, I was, you know, Baby Nation of Islam. Subscription to the Final Call, Louis Farrakhan's newspaper. Uh, getting those cassette tapes of Louis Farrakhan's uh, speeches delivered to my apartment off campus. Traveling to Chicago for Savior's Day to hear Louis Farrakhan speak. That was me. Everybody on campus knew, oh, if you want to know what Farrakhan thought, ask Whitlock. That, that was me. That was my reputation. And so who am I now today? Who have I been for the last 25, 30 years? 
Who was I even then? Because what I liked about Farrakhan was his call for black men to take responsibility for themselves, their communities, and their families. That's what attracted me to Farrakhan. And I don't care who was singing that message, I'd go listen to him. I don't care who it was. But you look at me now, the racial idolatry at the foundation of the nation of Islam, my whole life is devoted to uprooting that. Everything that I'm doing, this show today, but all these shows, every time I'm talking about racial idolatry and all of this, it's about uprooting that mindset because there's a poison that goes along with it that people don't seem to recognize. It's poisonous enough, but it's all the complications that come along with it that are tearing are keeping black people and America from its blessings. And so if I can have that kind of evolution, if I can be the guy on campus that's ingesting that garbage, that racial idolatry while trying to pick out the good stuff, these kids today that are misguided and misled and out there participating in protests, that they don't understand the bigger implications, they don't understand all the poisons that are going along with whatever they think they're supporting, I gotta grant them the same grace that I was given and hope that they can snap out of it. I agree with Megan. Now, some kid that's out supporting Hamas and out celebrating what was happening uh, to those Israeli people, am I going to give a job right now? No. No. I'm going to keep a respectful distance and be like, nah, I'm not bringing that into my workplace. But if one of those kids evolves, repents, realizes the mistake of his ways or her ways, would I love to work with them? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't believe in any type of blacklist. I do believe in like warning, this person may be a nut. <laughs> this person may be involved with Antifa, but can they evolve, repent, and become something new? I mean, look at the life of Malcolm X. Dude was a common criminal. Totally reinvented himself. And th th joined the Nation of Islam, reinvented himself from that even. People can change. And, and they need to be afforded that opportunity, and so that's where I land with Candace of like, hey, man, this is more complicated than just putting someone on a list and writing them off. We don't want to be just like the leftists. It's, it's, and, and so I saw, I think where Jeremy Boring, he may have tweeted out the CEO of, of the Daily Wire. It's, it's just like what, what, what we have to do most likely is like tell our kids and remove our kids from these college universities. Don't send them. It's unnecessary. They're not learning anything. They're being indoctrinated. We got to come up with a different model. And then as it relates to public schools, we got to homeschool and start alternative schools and, 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 
we have to have, we got to, some of us with money have to take our children and our cousins and say, hey, look, I'm going to supplement your income. I'm going to buy you a nice house or whatever so that you can take a job in education. You don't have to get rich. I'm rich enough. I'm going to support you while you do this necessary work of building these educational, and this is starting K through 12, where you can take a job teaching our young people and instilling these biblical traditional values in our young people. We, we, they took 60 years to get where they are today, to where they got everybody all across America out in the street supporting Hamas. They get people going out supporting abortion. They get people out going out supporting Black Lives Matter. They get people out going in to support all of the things that go along with the racism bundle. Took them 60, 70 years to build that army. We're going to have to take 60, 70 years and build our army that goes the other direction. Uh, I think I covered it. I think that's all I want to say today. Uh, thank you for uh, joining me. Uh, we'll play tomorrow, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow.